This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. I want to talk tonight about intimacy with God in personal witnessing. Intimacy with God in personal witnessing. Uh, You know I love Oswald Chambers. He wrote one of the greatest uh, Christian devotional classics there, I guess, there has ever been. And uh, Oswald Chambers, when he was young, uh, he would uh, go up to the mountains of uh, Scotland, and there was an older man, a very godly man, a very wise man named John Cameron, who lived up there. And sometimes Oswald would, when he would uh, leave the university on break, he would go up there and spend some time with this wise, godly, older man. And one day they were out walking, walking, I think, herding the sheep and had their dogs with them and walking down this road. And every time someone would walk by them on this road, Oswald would move toward them and talk to them about their soul. And so uh, he kept doing this. Someone else would come down the road and, and he'd walk across and go right up to them and talk to them about their soul. And he was kind of buttonholing people in his enthusiasm. Uh, we call them Bible thumpers. And John Cameron told him, he said, Oswald, did you have permission of the Holy Spirit to talk to that man about his soul? And Oswald Chambers said, what do you mean permission of the Holy Spirit to speak to him about his soul? He said, young Oswald, if you don't know what I mean, you don't understand the work of the Holy Spirit in witnessing to other people. And from that point on, Oswald began to realize that he needed to wait, be guided by the Spirit, and move toward a person in witnessing as the Holy Spirit moved them. Because the Holy Spirit not only prepares your heart to witness, but He prepares their heart to receive uh, that witness. You see, it is God who saves. It's not us. We are only the lips, the eyes, the ears and hands that he uses in leading someone to him. Now, number one, what are the reasons we are to share our faith with others? The reasons we are to share our faith with other people. Well, one reason is simply it is a command to us by Jesus Christ. Uh, Look at Matthew chapter 28. I'll read verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, notice, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Do you realize to be a witness, my friend, is a command of the Lord Jesus Christ? You and I are to witness to other people. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to go out here tonight and uh, go to the next neighborhood and start on this end and go down all the way through knocking on doors. If God leads you to do that, well, then go. Go do that. But That doesn't necessarily mean you're a soul winner and you're a witnesser. I mean, that can mean that, but it doesn't necessarily mean it. You could be doing like Oswald Chambers did in his uh, young enthusiasm. He may just be buttonholing people. But you and I are to be witnesses as we walk intimately with God, 
as we live our life, wherever our sphere of influence is, wherever we go, the lady at the grocery store we see, the the lady uh, at the dry cleaners, wherever you may go, wherever you find yourself, be looking for an opportunity to say a word uh, for Jesus. That is a witness. You know what a witness really is? A witness is someone who has seen something and is reporting it to others. And so when you witness to somebody, it's not so much trying to teach them the Bible in one setting. When you witness to somebody, what you're doing is this. I'm telling you what God has done in me. And you know the good thing about that? You don't even need notes. Just simply share with people what God has done in you. And you know what? It's contagious. They will find themselves wanting to know more. So one of the reasons we are to share our faith with others is it is a command to us by Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 15, How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You say, "Uh aha, there you go. I'm not a preacher, so I don't have to witness. Yes, you do too. Do you know that we're all members of the royal priesthood? You and I are all equally in Christ, and Christ is in us. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good joy. Do you realize that you and I, I believe this is all my heart, and I hope you do too, we have the only message that's real on the face of this earth. Every other message of every other religion, of every other cult or sect, their message comes straight from the pit of hell. But for Christians, Christians, Christ followers, we're the only ones, my friend, that has a message that we know is a living message. Why? Because we have the living Lord Jesus who died on the cross. I mean, he died completely. But just like he said on the third day, he was raised again. He is alive and he's well. You look at every other human being that people have had a tendency to worship. And when they died, they died and they're still dead. Only Jesus conquered death. Even the secular historians will tell you there's only one man that's been raised from the dead and his name is Jesus. So uh, the reason we are to share our faith it is a command to us by Jesus Christ. So you don't say, well, I'm going to pray about that this year. You don't, don't even pray about it. Don't pray about it. Just begin to be a witness. Simply tell other people what God did for you. All right? Another reason that we are to share our faith is it is a sign of true wisdom. It's a sign of true wisdom. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3 says... And those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightest of the expanse of heaven. And listen, and those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. It is wise to lead people to the Lord. Let me ask you, I don't want a show of hands. In your life up to this very day, have you ever led Anybody to Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking about handing them a track. All of us have done that. I'm not talking about inviting them to church. All of us have done that. 
I'm talking about where you got so concentrated with an individual that you brought them down with Scripture to a point of praying where they asked Christ to come into their heart and they're saved and you just watched them change before your eyes? Is there anyone in your life up to this point where you could say, yeah, I've done that. It was my sister or it was my little brother or it was my cousin or it was my mom or my dad, one of my grandparents. Could you say that or would you say, I never have? You know, if you've never led anybody to the Lord Jesus Christ in your Christian experience, something's wrong. Something's wrong. There ought to be at least one, especially if you've been in church for many, many years. Do you realize what would happen if each one of us tonight led one person, just one, to the Lord in 2013, disciple them, with your own Bible, invited them to this church, this place would be full. Each one, reach one. Now listen, Jesus commanded it. The Bible says that it's wise to do it. But if you say, well, that's not me. My friend, how can you be a leader in this church? How can you be a teacher? What kind of influence comes off of you when you're with others when you're not willing to witness to other people? You don't have to knock on their door. You can. Just get to know them. Take your time. But move with the gospel with that person. You say, well, I might and I might not. You need to question where you are spiritually. And so... Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. It's wise to win souls. But another reason we should win souls as children of God is because it glorifies God. It brings God glory to win someone to the Lord. John 15.8, Jesus said, By this... Is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit? And listen, and so notice the word here, prove to be my disciples. I want to ask you, if we all gathered at your house and went to your next door neighbor on either side and said, tell me about this person who lives here, in the course of conversation, would they say, that is a godly woman? That is a godly man. You know, they've been after me about coming to their church. They've been after me about Jesus. But let me ask you, in your neighborhood, or maybe a club that you're a part of, whatever that may be, what would people in that club or that organization that you're in, what would they say about you concerning Jesus? Jesus said, by this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. In other words, you say, what do you mean bear much fruit? Well, the fruit of the Holy Spirit who lives in the believer is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, and self-control. That's what happens when a man, woman, boy or girl, prays and asks Christ to come into their heart. His Holy Spirit sets up resident within them. And then as they live a yielded life, surrender, 
Not having to be first, not having to be heard, not having to be known, but living surrendered, that lovely fruit of the Spirit comes from their life. And your neighbors know it. People in your church know it. And wherever you go, they know there's something about that man or that woman that's different. Would people say that about you? Another reason that we should share our faith with others is it is the church's greatest responsibility. Do you realize the greatest thing that really happens here is when we're so prepared to go out there? The greatest thing that can happen here is to be so encouraged, so instructed in this couple of hours that we're on this property that when we leave here and get away from this property and go wherever we go for the rest of the week, what we've heard, what we've done here makes a difference wherever we go. And that's the way this place should operate. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul said to Timothy, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the Word. Be ready, notice, in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience. You know what this means? This is a picture, those of you who like baseball, you watch the shortstop. What does the shortstop do? He does like this. Why? Because he wants to be ready to go this way or that way that quick. And so it's called being on the balls of your feet. What Paul is instructing Timothy here, he's saying, look, he said, be ready to preach the word, be ready to witness, in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. That means to always have a word for the Lord Jesus Christ on the tip of your tongue. That's what that's saying. And it's the church's greatest responsibility. Another reason that we should share our faith is we're the only ones who can. Who else is going to tell anybody else about Jesus except a genuine, born-again believer? Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 22, Jesus said this, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son. And listen, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Do you realize it was God's will that His Son be revealed to you? It was God's will. I don't know who led you to the Lord. I don't know the circumstances. It could have been in a church. It may have been an individual in your home or at a camp. It could have been at a service station somewhere in the middle of Wyoming. But at some point in your life, you were intersected with the Holy Spirit of God, and that was God's will. It was God's will for you to be saved. Now, you and I are to be men, women, boys, and girls who intersect with other people according to the will of God to tell them about Jesus. Because what's going on with us is we're dying daily. There's coming a day where we can't do it. And while we're on earth, we're the only ones who can. Why? Because we have God's Spirit within us to speak through us. Intimacy with God and personal witnessing. So one of the reasons that we should share our faith is simply we are the only ones who can. Now, the second thing I want us to look at tonight is this. What are the reasons we don't share our faith 
with others. What's the reasons? I think the biggest main reason is this. We feel like a hypocrite. We feel like a hypocrite. You know, a hypocrite is play acting. In other words, oh, man, I can't witness. You know, they hear the way I talk. I'm so caustic. I'm so negative, and I'm so demanding. And, and, and you know, I just don't represent Jesus very well, and I know I don't. I can't say anything to her. She saw me choose somebody out the other day. Well, I can't talk to my uh, son, uh, uh, about Jesus, because he heard me on the phone the other day talking uglier. I can't talk to them about uh, the Lord Jesus Christ because they know what I watch on TV. So I'm just going to settle down and just kind of stay in the shadows. I'm not going to miss church, though, but I'm going to stay in the shadows. And, you know, just don't talk too much about witnessing and sharing your faith because, you know, just don't draw any attention to me. I... I can't do it. Why? I feel like a hypocrite because I wonder if I'm saved. That's one of the main reasons that we don't share our faith. There is sin in our life. You see, that's why you got to be careful with witnessing programs. One of the first things a pastor could do when he takes a new church, start up a witnessing program. Why? Well, that looks like a lot's going on. Looks like he's doing something. Boy, he's going after it. But I want to tell you something. Not everybody's ready to go out and witness. Do you realize if you feel like a hypocrite or if there's something, a besetting sin in your life that you can't let go of and you try to go out and witness, it's going to show on your face. It's going to show in your words. It's going to show in your body language. He don't believe what he's saying. It's going to be awkward. That's one of the reasons we don't share our faith. Another reason we don't share our faith is because we feel inadequate. Just simply feel inadequate. I don't know how. Nobody's ever taught me how to share my faith. A third reason we don't share our faith with others is we simply lack urgency and passion for people. Listen to me carefully. If you can stop for a moment and think from the eternal realm, if you could go up there right now with your mom your dad and your grandparents who are already in heaven, if you could go up there right now, sit up there with them, you would be in the eternal realm that has no beginning or end. You would be right there with God and all your loved ones and friends. And then if you could look back to this earth, back to Memphis, Tennessee area, and think, wow, do they not realize their life is shorter than this? Compared to where I am, time is a vapor, James says. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. Listen, when you begin to be a person who thinks with an eternal perspective, you begin to realize time is expiring for the people around me. My mom, my dad, my grandmother, my grandfather, my son, my daughter, time is expiring as we know it. When will they believe? And when you see things from God's perspective, what happens to you is this. You will get over your fear. Well, I don't know how. You'll get over not knowing how. Why? Because there will be a passion and an urgency within you. I've got to tell them. I may not see them again. Other people may not make it as plain as I can make it. And so you feel compelled. You may be dead tired. But one more time, you have to stop and you... You say a word for Jesus. 
because you feel inside of you, this is no dress rehearsal. Time is expiring, and there is a passion that you have within you. And so one of the reasons we don't share our faith is simply we lack urgency and passion for people. First Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 15 says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who, listen, to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that's in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Notice, they ask you, why do you have such hope? What is it that drives you? What makes you do this again, over and over again? Why would you hand out a track? Why would you stop and spend so much time talking to that person? It's because deep down inside, you think they're about to see and believe. And it just burns within you. And so one of the reasons we don't share our faith is simply we lack urgency and passion for people. This is what worries me and concerns me. You can be at this church, my friend, every time the doors open and be involved in everything and not have any passion or urgency for those who lost. This can become a country club if we're not careful where I go to feel accepted and go to enjoy one another in these type things. We do that too, of course, but we need to be careful that our busyness with one another doesn't stifle the urgency and passion for those who are lost. Third and last thing is this. Now, how can we freely share our faith with others? How can we freely share our faith with others? Intimacy with God in personal witnessing. Well, the first thing is this. If you say, well, I, I want to be a person who is free to share my faith with others. Okay. Number one, there must first be a confession of sin. It takes away the feeling of guilt and feeling like a hypocrite. In other words, you say, I just struggle because they know how I really am. I'm not really spiritual. I'm worldly. I'm carnal and all these things. Okay, if that comes to your mind and quenches the Holy Spirit speaking through you to witness to others, then get on your knees and confess those very things. You can do this privately, and you can do this more than one time a day. When it comes to your mind, an area of your life that holds you back from being free to witness, just simply get on your knees somewhere and name those things, confess it to the Lord, repent of it, and know that, my friend, according to the Word of God, Jesus' shed blood covers all our sins. You see, when you confess your sin, that guilt that you feel, that conscience that's defiled is purged, and now that sweet communion, that fellowship with God is back and forth with you again. And listen... I'm telling you, he ignites the fire and the passion for you to tell somebody else about Jesus. He puts that in there. And the next thing you know, you start going past your fears so that you can lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so confession of sin, in other words, clean everything out of your life that you know of. And my friend, then you're ready to walk with God. You're ready to listen to him as he leads you in witnessing to others. A second thing you can do so that you can freely share your faith with others is simply this. You say, well, I feel inadequate. 
Pastor, I don't know how to share my faith with others. I know what that feels like. Let me tell you my story about that. Uh, I left uh, the railroad down in Greenwood, Mississippi. I left a promising uh, railroad career, had a good salary, had good benefits. So that'll tell you, if God tells me to move, I'll move. I'll do whatever he tells me to do. And that's the way my, I've been up to this point in my life. Let God lead you even when you don't understand. Just say, yes, Lord, and go. I left the railroad, came up here to go to Mid-America Seminary to go into ministry and got to Mid-America. And it was something I had noticed in the student handbook that every uh, seminary student had to be someone who shared his faith. Now, I didn't necessarily have a problem talking to people. I could talk to people, and I was doing a lot of counseling and that type of thing, even though I was working for the railroad. But you know what? I had never had anybody show me step one, step two, step three, step four, how to lead another person to the Lord. And I didn't have a specific prayer to pray with them. Now, a lot of times uh, at the invitation here on Sunday mornings, you'll hear it's a certain prayer that I do. It's It's called a sinner's prayer. It's my own prayer. God put it on my heart. I wrote it down. I memorized it. And that's what I use to lead people to the Lord. This is important to know. So if you're there with them, how do you get them to that point where they pray to receive Christ? I'm going to show you how. I had a roommate. His name was John Compere. And I walked over to his room one day and I was looking through his books. His dad was a preacher and his dad just gave him all kind of wonderful books. And I was always in there looking through his bookshelves and things. And I saw an old leather Bible and on the spine, it said Schofield Bible. Of course, I've heard of, of Schofield, C.I. Schofield, all these years. And uh, so I just pulled that Bible out and just wanted to look at it. And I looked at some of the study notes. And all of a sudden, this laminated card dropped out of that old Schofield Bible. And that laminated card said, The Romans Road. As soon as I saw it, I thought, This is a plan to lead someone to the Lord. And it was just a few scriptures, and I think, now I can do that. Just give me a few scriptures. I'll memorize those. I'm going to be able to lead somebody to the Lord. And so I memorized Romans 3.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 6.23, and then Romans uh, 10, verses 9, 10, and 13. And so those are perfect verses to take someone starting out, for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God, sharing with them all of us are in the same boat, separated from God, and bringing them right to the point of the confession of the mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's everything right there. There's only one thing you need when you come to the verse, the 13th verse, where you call upon the Lord. Only one thing you need at that point, what exactly do they say when they call upon the Lord? Well, that's when I sat down and wrote a prayer, and I memorized that prayer. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I need a Savior. You've heard me say this many times. I want to tell you, trust me on this. When I learned those handful of verses, and I learned how to lead someone in that sinner's prayer, half the fear of sharing Christ went out of me. And from then on, that is the way I lead somebody to the point of salvation and to the Lord as the Holy Spirit leads me. So if you want to get to where you can freely share your faith with others, confession of sin, take care of any sin that's in your life that makes you feel like a hypocrite, Secondly, consider the Romans road. Consider a simple process of leading them to the Lord. And this is what you can do. You say, well, I can't memorize. Pastor, I'm in my 70s and I'm in my 80s and I just can't memorize anymore. Don't worry about that. All you got to remember is one thing, Romans 3.23. 
So you go to your Bible or get a small New Testament, go to your Bible, and write in the margin, underline Romans 3.23, and then put in the margin beside that Romans 5.8. So you take a person who you're leading to the Lord, and all you got to remember, get them to Romans 3.23. Keep your marker in, in there all the time if you need to do that. Whatever you need to do. Get to that first verse, and you could cheat your way through the rest of it. Let me show you how. You put a cheat note. You say Romans 5.8, and then you turn over, and uh, you read Romans 5.8. And then you put your cheat note in the margin here. Romans 6.23, for the wage of sin is death. You flip over and you read Romans 6.23 to them. Then you put you another cheat note in the margin. Romans chapter 10, 9, 10, and 13, you flip over to it, and man, you're right down to leading them to the confession with the mouth of the Lord Jesus. Then all you need, and something you ought to memorize, is a simple sinner's prayer. And I want to tell you, I promise you, that will take a majority of your fear out of you. Case in point, I taught a class at Bellevue for many years and uh, young couples, and uh, I was teaching on uh, how to win people to the Lord, and I was telling this story about my fear because I didn't have a process, a system by which to lead people to the Lord. And so I shared this same thing I just shared with you, the Romans road in the, in the prayer. And a girl, she took that, she jotted it all down, she put it on a nice little card and laminated it, and the next Sunday, she brought it to the class and handed it out to everybody. She, she handed that out to everybody, the Romans Road. One girl had put that in her purse that Sunday. Well, later that week, she found herself at Baptist's Hospital with a, a relative lying there dying, and the family was circled around this loved one. And this loved one looked up and said, I'm not sure that I'm saved. And guess what? Everybody there looked at her. She said her heart just dropped out, scared her to death. And the Holy Spirit brought to her mind that little card in her purse. She went and got it, went straight down through there, and led that person to the Lord. Another person uh, that same week was on his computer, and he was chatting with somebody about work in another country. And somehow or another, the subject came up about religion and he realized, I've got an opportunity to, to witness right here through the computer. And he, but then he thought, well, I don't know how. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brought to his mind that little laminated car, the Romans Road. He said, I went and got it. And through the Internet, led this person to the Lord. I'm telling you, this is simple, I know. But there's something about having a system. that If you have to carry it in your pocket, carry it in your pocket. But have a system whereby you lead people to the Lord. You'll know exactly how to take them all the way to a decision in prayer. And so I encourage you to consider the Romans road. Now, another way we can freely share our faith with others is simply pray for urgency and passion for the lost. Begin to ask God to give you a sense of urgency, to give you a passion for the lost. Remember, Romans 5, 5 says that God's Holy Spirit is shed abroad in our hearts. That means children of God, truly children of God, has the love of God in his heart. Ask God to give you urgency, a passion, a curiosity. Ask him to build into you something within you. It's the Spirit of God is what it is, that you're looking for a way to bring someone to the point of salvation by witnessing to them. And then another way uh, you can freely share your faith with other people is simply learn to rely 
on the Holy Spirit while witnessing. And that's the title of the message, Intimacy with God and Personal uh, Witnessing. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said what? Tarry ye here. You know why he said, tarry ye here? It's because Jesus ascended to heaven from the Mount of Olives, and then he did exactly what he said he would do. He sent the Holy Spirit back to us. And so he told uh, his people, he said, tarry you here until you're what? Endued with power. So I want to encourage you. You say, well, I want to be a witness for Christ. I want to encourage you. Don't just run out and do it. Sit before the Lord and say, God, I can't do this. You never said I could, but you always said you would. I know that you're in me. I've confessed all known sin. I have a system I can lead somebody to the Lord. Father, help me get over my fear. Help me get over my nervousness. Father, move me and intersect me with divine appointments whereby I can lead someone to the Lord. And then this, just wait. It's like a sailboat on the, on the lake with the sails all up, waiting on the wind. And then God begins to gently blow you, move you within you to the person that he would have you share uh, your faith with. And so, 1 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God causes the growth. And so, I would encourage you to remember that we can't save people. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And we need to remember God causes the growth. Amen? We can't pump up growth. God causes growth, but I remind you, God lives in you and me. So what's holding back the growth? Quenching and grieving the Spirit who lives in us stops the growth in your spiritual life, in your witness, and therefore in the church life. That's what happens. And so when you're sharing with other people, I want to remind you to share more of your failures than your successes. Be willing to be transparent. Be willing to tell people where you fail. If somebody asks you a question that you simply do not know, tell them, I don't know. Don't hand haw around. Say, I don't know the answer to that question. Just tell them so. They'll appreciate your honesty. So that's how you experience intimacy with God in personal witnessing. It's not something you have to pump up. It's not something you need to be fearful to do. Confess any known sin in your life. Have a system that you can get your hands on. Have a prayer that you can lead them with. Trust God to empower you to say the right thing. The best thing you can do is share your own personal story of what God's done in your life. Lead them in those scriptures. Bring them to the prayer. And I'll tell you another thing is this. Instead of saying, would you like to pray and receive Jesus Christ right now? Put your arm around them and say, let's pray right now. You ask Christ to come into your heart. Don't ask them. If you've brought them to that point and there's only, the only thing they need to do is pray, put your arm around them and say, let's pray right now. And you ask Christ to come into your heart. And then just say, dear Lord. And a lot of times there will be a pause. You'll say, You can simply say, dear Lord. All of a sudden, they'll say, dear Lord. 
And many times right there, they burst out crying because they have just heard themselves pray to God for the first time with only two words, Dear Lord. And then it's hard to even lead them through the rest of the prayer because they're boohooing. You know what? They've been truly born again. They really are saved. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.